Hi, hello, and welcome to the PetraCast, episode 312. We are recording on August 19th, 2023. I am your host, Josh Torres, and as you can tell, two things. One, I'm substituting uh, for our regular host, Brian Vitali. Uh, he's currently out on a work trip for a bit, so I'll be subbing in. And two, I probably sound like shit because I've been sick uh, lately, so sorry if I sound like shit. But uh, you're going to have to deal with it. Sorry. But I'm recovering. I'm doing okay. I'm getting there. Uh, joining me are the usuals. I have Adam Vitali with me. Hello. I have James Calizio with me. Hey, folks. And I have uh, Chowman Wu with me. Hello. All right. Uh, howdy, folks. Uh, thank you for uh, being on uh, this weekend and uh, bearing with me and my voice. I know I was out last week. I don't know what the hell happened last week. I haven't been keeping up with anything, really, uh, since I've been out of commission for a bit. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. I, oh, yeah? I've been watching an anime movie all day yesterday. Oh, yeah? What movie? Was it um, good? Uh, I watched Lonely Castle in the Mirror. Never heard of it. I'm not familiar. Is it good? It's, uh, it's based on a novel, and it's about a lot of, like, school bullying and and some other stuff in it, but it was all right. It could have been better. Okay. All right. Um, well, we have, we're kind of like this awkward period where some of us have that we're playing that we can't talk about just yet. And so we're like, we're like on the cusp of like a lot of like games coming out, but like some of us are starting to work on them, but we can't you know, say anything yet. You um, can say that there are multiple people on staff that have Starfield code. Yeah, Starfield Code is out, and people are playing it. And nobody here wants to hear me talk about Rune Factory Free when I already talked about it like, yeah, all you, the time with little snippets of it. Yeah, you. Man, about I it. can't believe you would break embargo about a DS game that came out in two thousand nine. That's fucked up. I don't. Hey. I don't think you're technically breaking embargo even because there are previews up for the. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was making a joke. <laughs> okay. Um, you can't give yeah. it a score. If you give it a score, then you're breaking embargo. They're. they're some, you can give a score uh, for the original Rune Factory three and just say, "I yeah. gave it a 10, but <laughs> okay. my my standards from 2005 is totally different than now." Uh, so the big the big releases this week are were like like there's Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, which is not uh, a RPG, but a lot of people seem to What's be enjoying the... that. Yeah, yep. so uh, I need to go pick it up sometime. Um, but yeah, but the big like RPG release this week was like there's a new expansion region thing for Genshin Impact. Child does Genshin Impact 4.0. Um, what? Where are we on the overall timeline of Genshin? Like, how many? What, what region is this now? And then it's like this, like region number what out of what? Like how far we? New, this is a third new uh, region. It is. It is based on like it's heavily France inspired. Oh. Oh man! Did you, you guys have anything against French people? <laughs> no, but I didn't know it was French and Spanish. So, like, okay, so the the last 
new region was like I remember it was like very forest inspired, nature inspired, right? Yeah. Oh, this, how do how do we get from one, from here to like not France now? Uh, this one is like heavily into water. The last one is heavily forest. This one's like heavily in water. Like uh, the first thing you do in this this new region is that you get blessed with the water archon, and once you get blessed, you can basically swim in the water and the swimming is actually like very well done i i can finally see why this game has like five dead patches because they were trying to build the underwater system in this game yeah so so like the one of the things i saw discussing is like a big component of this expansion is like a lot of it is spent underwater you're you're engaging with the swing mechanic i don't think there's like a like uh, is there like a stamina or breath system when you're underwater uh, you don't drown anymore. Basically, okay. there is a stamina system, but you use it to sprint underwater now. So, you know, in Genshin, one of the most annoying things is, like, when you jump into the water, when you have no stamina, you just drown and you just die, right? And it happens to a lot of people. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm just sprinting, and I touch a puddle of water, and I die, you know? And then, you know, now now you don't you don't die. You just, you just swim underwater now. You just can't sprint if you don't have stamina. Uh, obviously, the combat system is completely different once you're underwater now. I mean, uh, was it, you, you, every character now plays the same if they're underwater. They shoot this, like, kind of like a sonic, <laughs> sonic boom when they're on, on the water, like this little thing. And a lot of cool things. But there is a little problem when you do underwater swimming. It's that your character, you know, when you get to the top of the surface, they do, like, this dolphin flip. And it only applies to the new five stars or the new characters that that come from that region. Other characters, like the older characters, don't do like this dolphin like dive when they like go above water for some reason. Like that was, that was a showcase that I was I was seeing for some reason. Uh but yeah, this new region is all about the underwater exploring and the content's actually quite difficult actually. Because mm. this is actually like done by my whale friend that spent a lot of money on this game. And he was like showcasing this this entire region to convince me to come back and play this game with him. I'm like, oh. it's like this does look lit. The music is epic. The it's like this new region has a lot of you know cool stuff that it hasn't done before. So we're like, because everybody is kind of like a lukewarm with the game recently because a lot of like patches of like nothing happening, right? Mm. So yeah, this new region is. Oh, lit, actually. So which of these I'm characters a... is the best one? Liney, Linette, or Fremenette? Uh, Liney is the new five-star. Uh, he's this magician that wears a garter belt, which apparently caused a lot of negative outrage in Korea for some reason. Uh, like, apparently, the uh, Western audience are very receptive of this character. Uh, Korea is the least receptive of them. If you look at, like, their YouTube, it's, like, 75% dislike ratio. Oh, Jesus. Uh, because apparently, because he wears a garter belt, <laughs> that drove their yeah. audience insane about it. I guess this is this is probably a Genshin problem. Uh, but yeah, he's a uh, he's a new five star. He's a fire bow user. I think he's completely trash, in my opinion. My friend did a showcase of him. It was a terrible showcase. He did like a Mario Kart super for some reason. He turns into this like cart for some reason. And I'm like, I am not impressed with this character. And this other other guy tells me, oh, this guy totally power creeps uh, Ganyu with his, you know, because he's fire. Right? And he does the exact same thing. I'm like, 
he doesn't he doesn't uh, power creep Ganyu. He he has completely different use. He's complete trash, and he's trying to tell me that the Ganyu Discord's on suicide watch because this guy has power creep Ganyu. If you believe whatever this, this and you might be also slightly biased because Ganyu's your favorite in that game. Well, she might be slightly biased, but I don't think she. I don't think this guy by, uh, power creeps Ganyu in any way because they have different elements and different use. Like, the biggest disadvantage with Ganyu is because she's Cairo, and Cairo does not play well with Dendro. And Dendro is one of the most stupidly OP element. Like, for example, like Nahida, ever since she came into the game, a lot of the things you could just kind of like kill instantly thanks to Dendro. Uh, she's the... was it? She's the Dendro Archon. She looks like a little fairy. I have a picture of her on the voice channel, and ever since she came into the game, it's like, if people that could work with her, they can literally melt any content in the game. Obviously, I, I still think that Ryan Shogun's the most broken character in the game, but you need uh, the right team for her to be the most broken team, in my opinion. Because a lot of the times, ever since you got here, I just mashed buttons and I cleared the hardest content in the game. Okay, so with Genshin 4.0, so they introduced this new region that's very underwater-focused. Like, can you tell, tell us, like, some of the locales that you see, like, like what... What do they introduce with the game now, like that they weren't able to showcase before? Now that like you're primarily underwater, like is there like some sort of like underwater city, Atlantis type deal going on? Uh, I haven't seen all that things, but there are layers to the maps now. Like one of the biggest quality of life they improve is that they added a layer to the map, so now you can see, oh, there's a there's like this thing that I could do to go underwater to find this, or it's like at the top. So now you can see where the layers are. Though. How my friends try and explain this to me, it's like, it might be a little too spoilery for you solving puzzles now. Now you know there's a layer underneath there because of this quality of life improvement. Yeah, I was, map, I'm actually right? reading the press release about some of the uh, this quality of life stuff. Some of this is, do you play on PC usually? Yeah. Some of this, I guess, is PlayStation specific. Um, it says, I'll read it here. A series of new functions and features will be introduced to provide a better gaming experience. Global illumination, motion sensor support for gyroscope, and faster loading on PlayStation consoles will improve graphics, controls, and immersive experience by capitalizing on the sense of time and space. What does that mean? Anyway, uh, other optimizations include the multi-layered map, the new party setup background, and animations intended to provide players with practical and interesting details in their adventures. Uh, their new animation is, like, when you load your character, they kind of do, like, a fighting game pose before, like, you pick them in the animation screen. It's kind of a nice, subtle touch to it, you know? Uh, the new background, I I'm kind of mixed on the new background, but it is better in the back then. It's just, like, this plain, you know, colorful background. Now it's kind of, like, part of, like, a, like a scene from a force. It looks a little bit more dynamic, but I, I feel it, it could still be done a little bit better. Uh, I think they're trying to make it more dynamic how it looks like in Honkai Star Rail, but it, it still like lacks a little bit. It just needs a little bit to look a little bit better, in my opinion. And what's the other thing? Uh, to get into the new storyline, uh, you actually get to meet the Water Archon like very early in this game, unlike the other regions where you kind of have to wait a little bit before you meet their Archon. Um, I think Sean Lee took quite a while, because... It was like this whole mystery. It's like, hell, where is this guy? And it took a while to meet him. It's almost like the first version when you meet Venti, which is pretty early. And Water Archon is a brat. 
Uh, <laughs> every character is like she's a re- irredeemable girl character, and it's like, is she gonna be redeemable? It's like, uh, we hope not, I guess, because all the characters, you know, they either have a goody two shoe arc where they redeem themselves. It's like I think we need a character that does not redeem themselves. <laughs> they need to be a complete scum. But uh, I don't know. I think she she might be too popular at this moment. I mean, she does, like, all these, like, Phoenix Wright poses. Like, she brings you into this court, and there's all these, like, scenes with her, so... And... Okay. And, to make right. it, and to make it even, like, bigger deal than it is, it's like, she's actually voiced by uh, Inori Minase in the Japanese version, and she's a, big, she's a big deal in Japan, so... Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I know people that would literally wail for characters that she voice, so... That is gonna drive people into bankruptcy pretty soon. So. so how far along are we like on the Genshin storyline lo- a- after this? How many Archons are technically quote-unquote left for, like, till you run, start running out? I, I think there's probably like three more to go. Technically. And even if they run out of Archons, I think one of the storyline is goes like that they mention is that they need to travel into different like worlds once they're done with this place. So I'm guessing that that's kind of like what they have in store if they ran out of Archons, because the world of their story is done. Yeah. Just do the Hawkeye star real thing. Yeah, that's my guess, at least. Uh, no, but, so, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's far away, though. It's very <laughs> far away. Uh, most <laughs> most of like the people that play Genshin, they're speculating the next Archon is the Archon of Fire, or Pyro, depending on how you want to say it. Uh... They're guessing it's Vanessa. Uh, the thing is, Vanessa is this character that you read about in the comics. Uh, the thing is, a lot of Genshin lore is thrown in a spin-off manga, and not everyone reads it, so they don't kind of know some of this lore. And I feel that's uh, kind of weird. It's like it's like it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy XV, where in order to get the lore of some of the plot, you have to watch a movie to get the prologue. And if you want to understand some of the characters that join uh, Noctis' party, you have to watch this spin-off OVA to cover their side story. And that, that reading manga of Genshin feels like that kind of idea. And I'm not sure if I'm all for it. I feel like if you can't tell all the story within your game, you basically wrote a bad story, in my opinion. So, Jack Gardenier, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, it's like yeah, I think this I get, is all I get done. you. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, but yeah, I think uh, this patch is hype, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, I can't talk everything about it, but this is like this whole entire patch. I've been watching it from a friend's experience, where he's trying to get me to come back and play with him. Well, I mean, not, like the, the, I mean, yeah, like this is like one of those like it's a roller coaster with you, right? You're gonna say this is it's so fucking back. The next three patches, it's so fucking over. Yeah, yeah the next patch. Or so, or so back. Like, yeah, uh, this is that's my experience with Genshin, <laughs> and I, I try to stay away from it because I intent in a lot of gacha games I play, I don't like to be weak. I like to to go overboard and make my character super strong, even though it's like, who the hell you're flexing to? Nobody cares, right? Because and yeah, I, it's like it's it's a bad habit of mine. So it's like I, I try to try to stay away from it, whereas I might. Lock into this whale addiction again. You're just trying to establish dominance, yeah, in a single player game. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about Genshin before we move on? 
no, I think I think that's a good good amount of it. I don't want to talk too much about it because this is like a secondhand experience. I'm not the guy experiencing it. I'm watching it from from my whale friend showing me everything. Wait, you're not even playing it. You're just watching someone play it. I'm watching my whale friend playing it, and we yeah. actually played a lot together back in the day. We he would try to like brainstorm how to clear Spiral Abyss with certain characters with me, and we would do it, and we were like, oh yeah, this totally works. We we always discuss on what, how we play these games, on um, what we should whale for on Honkai Star Rail and this as well. So we play both games. Yeah, I, he wasn't actually it. into Honkai Star Rail. He actually <laughs> never even heard of it, despite being a big Genshin fan. I told him, I was like, have you tried Honkai Star Rail? And now he ends up whaling it now. So now he whales both games, and now he oh, has to great. control his budget <laughs> for once. But... I know, I know, it sounds kind of awkward that I'm not the one playing it, but I feel that we both understand this game enough that, that I think it's okay. okay. Honestly, I think a lot of people, you know, experience games secondhand by watching streamers or whoever play it. Yep. That's fine. Right. So, Or friends, in your case. You know. Yeah, I was watching some friends play the Blaze Blue Entropy Effect roguelike game that came out, and I'm like, this is... I hear it's good. I bought it. I haven't booted it up yet for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, is it uh, very early access, or is it, it actually? It, 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 it's it's pretty early access. Like that. Like uh, I think behind it, it's kind. Of, it's that thing of it like dead cells with Blaze Blue characters, but it's like there's a lot of like really bad imbalances between like the characters. Like there are some very clear winners and very clear losers in the current roster. Um, it's it, it's interesting, I, I guess, but um, yeah. Like like the two top tier characters like Hawkman and Ragna right now. It's really funny. Um Okay. Uh as for me. Okay, uh, Josh. Do, yeah. Where do you where do you think you caught your illness from? I don't know. I, I think it has to be on a plane. I think it has to be on the plane. Um why were you on a plane? I was on a plane because uh Sci Games flew me out to San Francisco a few weeks back. Um because they, they they had this whole uh, international media tour going on around. Because back in April they established a side games America and side games Europe Western branches, uh, and you know this kind of like their coming out party of like introducing themselves formally to Western media and everything. So their first stop after Evo was like San Francisco, and I think they went to London for the side games Europe side. So they flew me over uh, to say what's up. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, they basically had church showcasing the Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising, which is the follow up to the fighting game that they released a few uh, years back. And they also had Grand Blue Fantasy Relink uh, there. Uh, you know, so they were starting off the event. They showed off like presentations to the press, uh, participating there for both titles. Obviously, I wasn't really there for the fighting game because, you know, we kind of. I'm sure us and a lot of our audience are. Uh, Way, way more interested in one Grand Blue title over the other. Uh, and this thing, so I focus primarily on Relink. Now, you um, can't really talk. You can say that you saw it, but you can't actually yeah. really talk about what you saw. Then, yeah, we, we can talk about it a few in my next podcast. We can talk about it. But they, you know, we, I learned some stuff there that you know, we'll all learn together soon. Um, yeah. yeah, and the, and then I, I, and then I also have you know a few features up. I think you know there's me there's a, a a cool chat I had with the side games folks. I think you know a lot of people will like the interview that uh, came out of that. Uh, that's primarily focused on Relink uh, about it. And I think it answers a lot of questions that uh, people are having too. 
So there's kind of just more of like a heads up of like, you know, it was a, it was a cool trip and uh, to expect more uh, Grand Blue stuff in a little bit. Um, it was also nice just like doing these types of events again after, after first, this is like the first time I've really done it after the uh, post COVID like pandemic uh, type stuff. So, you know, it was nice uh, getting my feet wet again. And I'll be at PAX West uh, in a few weeks also. And I have a lot of, uh, checking out a lot of interesting stuff there as well. So, you know, um, hopefully I'm like 100% uh, okay by then. I think it will. It, uh, um, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, it just, it just sucked to come back back from the trip. And then like two days later, I'm like, oh, I'm dead. Do we think Relink hits this year? <laughs> I, I can't uh, confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. Do we know? Do you know? Would no. You know uh uh-huh. Um, you're probably putting him under pressure here. No. So, was, this actually wouldn't be the first time we sort of slyly pretend we don't know something. Wait, did I say that out loud? We'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be like, oh, shit. Um, okay. Um, and then, you know, since we're like at the, we're about to get into the fall season for games, I think there's just like an open uh, call of like what what people could expect in the upcoming weeks and months for for games now that you know summer's about to be over, you know, for some people school's starting up again, and you know, and for, of course for a lot of people it's like okay, when am I going to be playing this fall? Yeah. Uh, so we don't normally do this, um, but we're kind of you know Baldur's Gate three obviously came out a few weeks ago, and I think a lot of us are still playing that in some form since it's a huge game. Some of us are playing other games that we can't talk about yet. It was a kind of a quiet week, so sort of figured we'll just take a kind of a brief look at like what's coming out for the rest of the year and what people are really like excited about or interested in. So, yeah, so... The, the big one next month is Starfield, um, and that's you know it's been a long time since we've had a proper Bethesda RPG like this because the most recent one was Fallout seventy six, which is sort of like an online one, which I know Brian played a good chunk of it, but. Um, I think, I think broadly speaking, it seems like Fallout 76 kind of had a bad launch and sort of eventually ended up in an okay spot, but I still understandable. It may not have been what people were hoping for. And what was the last one before that? Fallout 4? <laughs> in like, that was 2015. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So Starfield kind of offers that sort of big, huge, broad Bethesda RPG. Um, probably the, I, I, I don't even want to guess like you know, scope compared to the other games. It sounds like it's absolutely massive. Um, James is playing it, but he can't say anything about it. Uh, I am playing it right now. <laughs> so that one, it's sort of, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 is taking over this month. That that might take over September. But there's a lot of other stuff coming out, too, in September especially. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you also had the, the, the PS5 launch of Baldur's Gate as well. Yeah. That's what's all cost yeah. players. I actually have, I know someone who's, you know... They were excited about Baldur's Gate 3. They don't play on PC. They didn't really think it was going to be, you know, as well, I guess no one really thought it was going to be as big as it seems to be in terms of reception, in terms of, you know, it's everywhere, in terms of people playing it, impressions, thoughts. So I, I, do, I definitely know a couple of people really excited for the PlayStation 5 release, which is kind of amusing that it releases literally on the same day as Starfield. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. Like you have a PlayStation and an Xbox RPG, sort of. But anyway, um, one other game I'm sort of I'm really interested in, and uh, I've said this before actually in September, is Legend of Neyuta. 
James mm-hmm. talked about it a couple months ago, a few months, several months ago, when he played the uh, the actual. Just, the end the, of uh, last year, did, I, uh, you, did you play the Switch Japanese. version? Uh, no, Japanese? I played the I played the PC version. Oh, on, it's on already Steam out Deck. on PC. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, I did also get a, a small chance a few weeks ago to check out uh, NIS America's uh, PlayStation version. Didn't write anything about it because it's like, well, you already wrote a preview, basically, right? Yeah. So, uh, yep. so yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, it kind of feels like, uh, from it kind of appears to be more of like a mid, uh, like an earlier age Falcom game. I'm kind of interested in that. Oh, yeah. It's probably in my top like five Falcom games I played. So, and I and I still see confusion about this, and this probably won't go away. It is not actually tied to the Trails series, the Kaseki series. It's, it's it has a similar title, but it's its own thing. So kind of, that feels sort of intentional that they kind of conflate the two almost. Um, but I'm I'm really interested in that. Josh, what are you looking forward to in September or later? Um, let's see. It's September. I I I kind of want to check out the Rhapsody. Uh, oh yeah, that's late August. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never good. I never played the. Uh, the remaster of the original one that released. Yeah, I like that. Those like are just like really like old timey sort of feeling games, and it's also kind of novel. Just like having just two new localizations yeah, to the yeah. West. Yeah, we, uh, we talked it. about that's that's very that's honestly extremely cool. Just to take a game that's like twenty years old and like just do a new localization, or not really even a new localization, like just localize it. We saw yeah. that, we saw that was sort of with Live Alive. I know it had a fan yeah. translation, but. I, I just think that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, I like, mean, Rune Factory 3 has the same experience. New localization. Well, I don't... I, I mean, like, as far as I know, these Rhapsody games, I don't know if they had... Like they never had a like for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's for the first, first time. time. Which I just think that's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. I think I've said on a podcast before that I kind of appreciate NAS America's effort to release all of these... They're all of their catalog games and put them on modern platforms like Switch and PC... I know some of them have had like some buggy issues and whatnot that aren't perfect that I know some of them have been ironed out. I maybe some of them haven't, but still just the concept of just a company saying, Hey, all of our classic catalog of games that you can not no longer purchase on old platforms. We're going to just bring them to steam, bring them to switch, you know, some light upgrades. They're not, they're not like full remasters. They're just sort of touched up so that they are playable and they work. Um, plus new ones like these that are, localized for the first time i just think that's really cool and i could probably spend a whole year playing through some of the nis back catalog because it's all available on steam there's like what soul nomad there's phantom brave there's all the a lot of the disgaeas except three three is a missing um there's a makai kingdom there's zhp there's a lot uh and now more rhapsody games so i just think that's really cool yeah i guess they also finally gave a release date to Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, so I guess I have to touch that a little next month too. See yeah, September seventh. Full release is all about. Yeah, um, other other releases in September include yeah. uh, Lies of P. That is the uh, next Pinocchio what, what Neo is. It's the Neo is Pinocchio Souls like. Uh, there's Baton Kaitos One and Two HD Remaster for Switch. I am very. I like those games. I played them. I kind of don't want to play them on Switch. Like I, there was a, there was a um, a uh, 
a rating somewhere. I forget where Gamatu covered it uh, for a PC release. Which oh shit yeah may like it sometimes there's sometimes those are just errors where literally they just checked a box where they like oh we accidentally clicked PC when we didn't mean PC but still I'm just gonna hold off a little bit because I kind of want to play those games but I'd rather yeah if there's there's a chance and then like no September's already packed you know if if that has to be all to the cracks yeah Bot and Kaitos are are really cool they're they were kind of co-developed between uh, Monolith Soft which obviously Xenoblade fans are, are aware of, as well as Tri-Crescendo, which is sort of a spinoff of Tri-Ace. And they're really cool games. The first game, I think, uh, has, is cool conceptually with some rough edges in its combat, and I think the second game kind of soups that up, you know, kind of shores it all up. It's, I think it's honestly an excellent card-based kind of turn, fast, fluid combat system. And then what else? We have Infinity Strash. Dragon Quest oh, comes yeah. out at the end of September. Uh, that game, I'm not so sure on. It seems like it seems like know. it's sort of a. It seems like it's sort of a like one of those anime arena fighter games, only RPGified. RPGified. Is that a word? I, I I don't know what to make of it. Like it's one of those. It's like I won't really know what to think of it until like I play it for myself because it's so it's so. Like I understand like it's like it's based, but it seems. But it's but it's only going up to a certain part of the story of that of that of that original because it doesn't even it feels like it doesn't even have like you know the whole story in it already and they're already pitching that so it's like it's it's sort of like existing in this weird realm where like you're going into it knowing that it won't be the full story already it's weird. I also like, want to point goes, out it goes up to episode I, of the the the, the, the anime like, they, they, they even said it goes up to episode X of the anime. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's it's some arc ending which I'm not familiar with. You'd be familiar with it, but I don't. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that this game, while it does have Japanese voices, of course, it has a Canadian English dub, which I kind of find that fun. Get the Canadian hey, actors. Wait, I talk <laughs> about the ocean dub from Dragon Ball is better than what it's. Brian dubbed. Brian Drummond voices several of the characters in this game. And he is the uh, ocean dub voice of Vegeta. Uh, he's literally the voice of several of these characters in this game that was actually revealed in a news in a trailer, or at least in a news post that Trainings put up this week. So I just think that's cool. Uh, Monster yeah, Hunter yeah. Stories too had a Canadian dub, for what it's worth. Oh yeah, I just think that's quaint. That's fun. Um, There's a uh, Fate Samurai Remnant yep, coming that's, out. That's, that. that's kind of the biggest release at the end of the month for uh, Fate fans, Koei Tecmo fans. This feels like the biggest budget fate game i know it's not like huge budget but it seems really solid compared to maybe some of the extella games from a couple years back yeah uh, i only briefly played a bit of it at uh anime expo but it seems very interesting it's like one of those things where and we even kind of in on my preview got a comment uh which usually can be good or bad but i got a comment basically saying that yeah a lot of like Musou-type games coming out of Koei Tecmo over the last, like, half a decade or so, maybe even a bit more than that, have really done a good job of differentiating themselves. So it's like, it's not always going to be the same sort of game you play, even if it's from, like, the same studio under Koei Tecmo these days. Like, I'm I'm, su- I'm super excited, like, interested to see what the reception is for this. Yeah, I, I can't wait to for myself but there's there's been a lot of like interest from like outside circles even uh around this game it it also seems like 
the perfect game to be like an entry point to this sort of fate stuff. I know there's always going to be lore things and mm-hmm. character references that people who are in the fandom or at least are aware of it will be will ca- will catch. But since this game seems to be set in like an alternate universe sort of fate, you know, an alternate mm-hmm. universe version of the fate kind of structure, yeah. it seems like it's sort of a perfect starting point. It's not a sequel. It's not you know a hundred years before some other event or whatever. It's really just a separate universe with sort of the same rules that governs the fate stuff. So, so that's cool. And of course, people who are not newcomers, but are familiar with the series probably will have plenty of, you know, references, calls, you know, that you'll catch. So moving, moving out to October, like right away, not the beginning of October, we had the sky seven and silent hope, uh, releasing, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously Disgaea 7 is going to be next mainline Disgaea. And then, you know, a lot of people seem to be down on 6, so hopefully 7 can uh, win, win some of that back. Yeah, That's, That sure is what NAS America is hoping for. Yeah. They've, they've really been making, like, a point to, like, say, this is this is not 6. This is not 6. We're sorry. <laughs> that That's not even an exaggeration. Like, yeah. literally, they had the director at their headquarters when I was there a couple of months ago playing some games and they were just like, Hey, so, so, so. Just, it, it is nice to see, uh, see them being proactive about that at least. <laughs> so hopefully it works out for them. I've heard good things about the Japanese release from a couple of buddies of mine that have played it. So yeah, looks like it should be good. Yeah. October is not as packed as September in terms of the RPGs. I know there's some other big releases in October, like for example, Spider-Man, but we would now in Wake Two, which just got delayed, which probably was smart. Wait, what was that? Uh, uh, Wake Two being delayed. Yeah. Wait, what was delayed? Yeah, I missed I, I... it. Hmm? What was delayed? I missed it. Alan uh, Wake Two. Alan Wake Two. Oh, that I actually didn't. I actually didn't catch that. That Alan Wake was delayed. I, I think that was good yesterday. That that was like there were so many games that was coming out during that time, so it being delayed was a good thing. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so, uh, I, I'm really the, curious to see how Silent Hope uh, yeah. like uh, shapes up. I think I'm gonna be checking that out at PAX West. Yeah. Um, and really, like, I think I think it's one of those kind of games that flies under the radar, and it's kind of like, I, like I think it's, I think the concept of it is is pretty interesting because you know when we, when we play RPGs, you know, especially older ones, they don't have any voice acting, so you know people talk to each other through text, but without any voices. But if you like you actually contextualize the game where like there's actually very very few voices and like almost no voices so how do you like kind of build a game around that yeah so. and just for people who aren't aware silent hope is the, an rpg from marvelous so that's xseed um set in the rune factory universe i don't know how it's set in that universe but it, yeah. it is somehow and it, it sort of looks like uh, people have compared it to Dragalia Lost, kind of this uh, same kind of chibi-ish art style, same sort of like camera angles, similar looking combat. It may not actually be much like uh, Dragalia Lost at all, but it, it seems like it at least sort of has that appearance anyway. Um, so Rune Factory fans should maybe at least keep an eye out on it because it seems like, you know, it, it's tied into that franchise. The probably yeah. the biggest like budget game that comes out in October in terms of RPGs is Lords of the Fallen, which is the uh, it was a sequel, or actually no, no, they did call it. It Lords is of so the... technically yeah. a sequel. Yeah, yeah okay. it used to be. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was an issue revealed that it had the two at the end. Yeah, I think I think they're. I, I'm not going to look it up right now, but I think the press releases now call it like 
uh, a reboot or it, a reimagining it is, or whatever. It, it is of, it is still technically a sequel. It's just like supposed to be like over a thousand years in the future. So it's like yeah, that might as sequel. well be a reboot. Yeah, yeah, and we've talked about this before. They've actually had a lot of gameplay footage on this, so there's plenty to find. I played it. Yeah, yeah. and you've had a preview, right? Um, it's got yep. the dual world mechanic where you have like a living world and a dead world that you kind of traverse between. That's its gimmick, how it sets it apart from other Souls-like RPGs. Yeah, they actually have like a, like a solid like concept of it on their hands. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's me. It's on, is it Unreal Engine gameplay. 5? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's... Uh, I think it's interesting that it's from a brand new studio... Hexworks, yeah, from from like being published by CI Games. That's always interesting to see, like a new studio with you know no group pedigree. Obviously, this developers working there from other studios that have pedigrees, but just kind of interesting to see. Like this is a debut project. See how it turns out. Otherwise, uh, the rest of October, there's some smaller games. There's well, I guess there's. Do we have any Sword Art Online fans? Yes. No? Oh, log in. <laughs> we do have one guy that is an Exekai expert. If we ping him Sora online, he'll come no matter what. Yeah, there's a Sora. There's, there there's another Sword Art Online game coming out in October. It's called Last Recollection. It seems like it's very similar to the previous game, which is uh, Alicization Lycoris. It seems like it's it looks very similar to that um, in terms of its style. I'm sure. It, I I, don't, I think Josh played that a little bit. I, I did, and yeah. I also had several friends like years later who like picked it up and like got super into it. Apparently, I don't it's it. pretty robust mechanically. Yeah. This yeah, game, so they're like actually looking forward to this. I'm like, all right, more power I, I, I know one thing about this game that's sort of funny is uh, when they were when they were showing it at Anime Expo, they mm-hmm. revealed like it was supposed to be like a super secret bombshell, if you will. Like every Sword Art Online <laughs> game kind of has that sort of kind of goofy gimmick where they introduce a new girl. There's like mm-hmm. a new girl for every sort of online game. And there's been a lot of them. And then they're like all of these different new girls from each of the games. They're all in this one, every single one. So it's here. It's mm-hmm. Kirito's, Kirito's biggest harem ever in this game. And then they're not canon because they're not part of the main story. Nope. They're all, right. they're all the, in, they're all the original game characters, but they're all here. They, they, everyone's he, here. He, the, the producer even said that on the, uh, at the anime expo panel, like the, everybody is here sort of yeah. Sakurai smash bros ish. Just let me always water SAO. Yeah. All, all the new girls from SAO, but yeah, that's coming out. I'm not an SAO fan, but for those who are, there's that. And there's then there's, the, uh, there's cry machina. Yeah. That cry came machina. out in Japan, didn't it? I have not heard I, a thing. No idea. I, I the 1.0 release of world of horror is also this October as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. that uh, it's always uh, been a game that's like I've had my eye on it, but I've always been waiting for the full release. It's been, it's just had some fair share of trials and tribulations getting to full release. But, you know, once it's out there, I'm I'm really going to, you know, uh, sink my teeth into it. Um, let's see what else here. I think, I think that does it for November. Do we have any, like... November has some, November has some slushy RPGs. Oh yeah. I was yeah, saying, yeah. If you import, there is the <laughs> Detective Pikachu for Switch in Japan. If you import, my it's friends like kind of get me to like free order. Yeah, because... is that an RPG? Is I it? Think... I don't know. I never no. played it. It's no, more it's like not. adventure. Yeah. But you know, you want to import it, go for a child. 
No, they want me to import so they could get all the pre-order bonuses because Nintendo products for them is always gone in an instant. No, so, November starts off with a banger right away with the remake of uh, Star Ocean 2. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, Star Ocean 2, still many people consider it the best in the series. I know some people consider it the only game in the series. That's, <laughs> that's good. Um, that was before Star Ocean 6 released, um, which I think... A lot of people were positive on maybe not yeah, like I... maybe not like a super super duper excellent game, but people thought it was pretty good. Um, but yeah. Star Ocean Two is a very beloved original PlayStation game. I, I remember when we actually reported, we were the first to cover the leaked logo for this game. Uh, oh yeah, when it was before it was announced. I remember we sort of thought, and people thought that oh, it's just going to be like uh, the first departure remaster which was basically just it's just the psp version with new art which is fine i actually reviewed that game i am not a huge fan of it i gave it a six i just think it's sort of average mediocre some interesting ideas amidst other not so good ideas but starshin 2 uh much better story people like the characters and this is more of like a full remake i, I forget yeah. what they called it it's not it's not HD 2D. 2D. Yeah, it's like, I think they called it like 3D 2D or something. Got a oh, Jesus. <laughs> like 2D sprites on a 3D world. Um, uh, it's called 5D. It's okay. It's called 5D. <laughs> 5D. I'm reading that Clive Machina game. It came out in Japan last week and it's already discounted for 25% off. The average score is 3.5 out of 5. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. That's extremely harsh. Sounds like a Furyu game. Is it a Furyu game? Yes, it is. <laughs> so, from what I got from random people's review there, they said it is more linear than Chris... Was it Crystallis or whatever? Chris More linear, Star. More linear, more straightforward. Doesn't feel as grindy, but this game is extremely short. You can finish in 10 hours. Oh, okay. Um, so, I, oh. Think, I think we had, a, we, had an, we had one of our reviewers review Crystar. I forget who reviewed it. Um, but they were. I think I'm trying to remember who it was. Lucas. Yeah, it was Lucas. Yeah. Oh, Lucas did. Yes, I remember he was liking the game, but then it does this sort of bravely defaultish thing near the end where you kind of have to go through a loop and it gets really kind of tedious. Where it's there's a story reason for it, but wasn't too fond of it. Um, anyways, this game I don't know if they ever really confirmed has actually anything to do with Crystar other than a similar name and a similar aesthetic. Um, but yeah, that's coming out in Oct or in October. So, anyways, Chow, thanks for distracting us. We're back. We're actually talking about November now. Okay, watch Chow. Yeah, Star <laughs> Ocean. Time now. <laughs> so, Star Ocean is November second. Um, the like biggest... a Dragon Gaiden is uh, after that, right? Yep, and we'll talk about later. We got a new trailer for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> let's see. Everyone wanted to get a Persona 5 tactics game, right? Everybody right. wanted that? Uh, everyone wanted strategy, RPG, uh, Residence of Fate, Persona 5 style. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted to play the, the gotcha game with the Sensor Mara. Yeah, Persona 5 Tactica. It was like an XCOM-ish tactical Persona 5 game. Oh, that, honestly, I hope that's that, that that's a decent game. Like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna play it. This is sort of this is it's a, it's a it's a game that's sort of hard to get a read on because it it could be, you know, it could be cool. It could be like a cool little tactical RPG with the Persona characters that we're all familiar with if you played Persona Five. 
But I could also see it being kind of cheap and lazy. I think it also has the curse of like always being like it was revealed with Persona Three, the Persona Three remake. So yeah, like it's, it's like it's like, like kind of lives in the shadow of that. Do we know who's developing this? Is it Atlas? Is it like I don't know? Is it the yeah. Devil Survivor team? They know that. I think it's I think it's P Studio. Um, okay. As far as I know, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see the credits on that. Yeah, um, like is it the uh, the Devil Survivor team? I know they ended up. It changes a bit. I know that team ultimately ended up doing uh, Soul Hackers too. Um, right. So I, I'm curious about like who is actually making this game and who's like who's on it. But I'll probably play it. I'm interested in it. Uh, if you look at Atlas's channels for this game, you'd be tricked to think it's only coming out for Xbox. That's, <laughs> that's always fun. We're, we're no strangers to strategy RPGs. So, no. Uh, you know, we'll play it. We see it even when it comes out, we'll usually play it. And on the same day, there's the Super Mario RPG remake. And that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be... Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things that like people will kind of get done with it pretty fast. It's not like a, like a long game. No, it's not. But, but it's, it's very charming. Yeah. I think the yeah. original game, I played it when it came to... Uh, I never played it in the Super Nintendo days. I played it when it came to Wii Virtual Console you know, mm-hmm. a decade ago or 15 years ago or whenever that was. Um, and it's a pretty fun game. It's, it is short. Uh, I'm assuming the not, remake will be difficult. a little bit cleaner in terms of its presentation. Maybe not so... Don't, don't go into it like expecting like a challenging RPG. No, it's, it's, very it's, a, very, like a... it's a very entry-level RPG. It's yeah, a type yeah. of RPG you could give your... You know, you could, ha- you could play when you're seven years old or whatever, yeah. um, which I'm sure a lot of people my age did. So, but that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see that. And then the yeah. one Western RPG that comes out in November that uh, amongst these Japanese RPGs that is interesting is Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, this is from uh, Dotnod. Dotnod? How do you pronounce it? Oh. Uh, the studio behind uh, the original Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2, but maybe more uh, appropriately, they were the studio behind Vampire back in 2018, I believe which is sort of like a London vampire RPG. So this is sort of their next RPG project. Uh, the general premise, as I understand it, is that you have ghost hunters, and one of the ghost hunters is a ghost. There's like a married couple, but the woman is dead. It's kind of the kind of the twist there or in the premise. So it's an action RPG. I'm kind of interested in it. I never played Vampire. I heard that game was fine, good, maybe not excellent, but... Not too bad. I know we have it reviewed on the site. I believe Kyle reviewed it. But yeah, that's um, outside of these big Western RPGs like like Baldur's Gate and Starfield. There's that one coming out from a smaller studio. Don Nod. Yeah, and then and then uh, once again in, the, in the, this year's December we have the obligatory uh, Switch exclusive Dragon Quest game, which will get a PC release in July 2024, probably. Probably. <laughs> I'm guessing. Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince, which is also known as Dragon Quest Monsters 3. We just don't yep. get the 3. So Love that, that game uh, features Saro. Saro, how do you pronounce his name? He's yep. the villain from Dragon Quest 4. Very cool looking character. It's sort of a... It, it feels kind of like uh, Dragon Quest Treasures in that it's kind of connected to one of the mainline games. In Treasures' case, it was 11... In this case, it's four, but not like, not like on its face, canonically a prequel or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's more like an aesthetic for it. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be cool. 
you know, I'll check it out just like I did with Treasures, oh, yeah. but maybe I'll wait for PC. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Because that, <laughs> technically, that'd be like the cutoff for Game of the Year stuff, like we wouldn't be able to have Dragon Quest Monsters. Yeah. Out of our yeah. So our our drag for people who aren't aware, we've been doing this for a long time now, probably more than. Well, I guess the December cutoff we might have adjusted maybe like three years ago, but uh, we are our years go December to December. That's just the easiest when we have like our month long when we have like our month long reader poll and things like that to kind of schedule it that way. So anything that comes out in December 2023 is not eligible for any of our game of the year accolades or discussion that's for next year. So that also means that anything that came out last December, we will consider this year. So what is that? That's Did like, anything come out last December? There was a crisis core remaster. There was dragon quest mm. treasures. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, mm. There was the minstrel song remaster. So that might be in the remaster category. There was, Valkyrie profile. That was more of a port, though, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You kind of forgot that even came out. Yeah. Should. But, yeah, so our end-of-the-year stuff goes December to December. Now, I'm looking at... I have my list of RPGs here. Other RPGs that are not uh, dated that were, at one point at least, given a 2023 window, but may not hit this year we see i've been doing this for a long time I'll, almost a lot of these will move to next year uh, i'm curious about those uh those level five games that were shown in a in a nintendo direct like back in yeah. had, april or they May. Had gameplay and everything are they yeah. just going to show them at tgs i'm not sure because or... in the most recent nintendo direct they didn't show up so it was like two nintendo directs ago there's a uh, fantasy life i there's uh what is it deco deca police which is yeah. kind of this interesting, like, London detective adventure RPG. And there was a few others. Um, there's a, there's a, a latent game, wasn't there? That's not an RPG. Yeah. Right? They, they, were they all dated 2023? Yeah, at the time they were. Yeah. Uh, so, like, will those hit this year? Or will those move next year? When will we see them again? I'm not sure. I'm looking, I'm looking at... There's a, there's a lot of indie RPGs that are coming out that don't have date yet, which is pretty typical for indie RPGs. Um, they're just kind of when they're ready. They're ready when they're ready. Uh, there's the Suikoden remaster that yep. was originally scheduled for this year. Now, we haven't heard anything from that since last TGS, so it's been a while. So maybe we'll get an update this TGS when that's coming out. Uh, and I, I think that's it. There's a lot of indies that I'm not mentioning, so I'm sure there's going to be some gems in there. But yeah, that's the rest of the year for RPGs. So September is pretty packed. October's got a few releases. Then November is pretty packed. I just need to finish Baldur's Gate three. That's what I need. Yeah, to do. I think it's gonna be like a marathon game. Like I'll just I'll get to it yeah. when I get to it. Yeah, because yep. I because I, I, right now my, that that co op playthrough is basically, basically my main one for it. But yeah, I mean, so you got to time it with your friends and whatnot. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, yeah. So uh, other than that, that's um. That's the upcoming RPGs we're looking forward forward to. There are some um, articles that went up on the site uh, this week. Uh, Quinton uh, got up his uh, or their uh, Baldur's Gate three review, um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. So Quinton was on the, you it. weren't on the podcast last week, Josh, but it's essentially he talked his review in podcast form last week, <laughs> and that's the uh, written form. Mm. So 
Okay. So yeah, gave it a ten, and I don't know, no one really had any complaints. No, you know, the only things but, he kind of criticized, which I think is pretty common, um, is that they said bugs. It's such a dense game. There's a lot of flexibility in what you can do. It's sort of inevitable that there's going to be some wonkiness here or there. I think, I think a lot of people sort of accept that for a game like this. That there's just going to be sometimes it just things don't aren't super, you know, well polished because there's so many different permutation of events and combat and positioning and line of sight and everything that weird things can happen sometimes. A little bit critical of um, some of the tutorialization in terms of like knowing knowing exactly how things work or what they can do. I know Brian is pretty positive on a lot of the tooltips, a lot of the menus, but you know that's something you can always improve. Uh, and then you know just some technical things here and there. Uh, I didn't actually look at our comments on our review tweet when we posted it, but I'm sure someone complained. How can we give it a ten if we can, if we criticize bugs? And it's like, come on, I'm guys, sure. come on, guys. Ten a ten on our site. The best way to describe it is that it's our highest possible recommendation. It does not mean perfect. It does not mean flawless. It just means out of all the RPGs that are available, this gets our highest possible recommendation. And I think a lot of people would be would agree with that. Um. We also have a a preview up for Fate Samurai Remnant from the other Josh, Josh too. Um, <laughs> Not Josh and, Prime. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, give that a read as well. As we're waiting for uh, the full release of Fate Samurai Remnant uh, in uh, late September, uh, you only got to you know uh, play like the, a little bit of the beginning of the game. It seems like it was a pretty solid on. chunk. Um, yeah. Sometimes when Koei Tecmo gives preview options, it's actually just the full game that they get ahead of time. I guess in this case, it wasn't the full game. It was like a preview slice, but apparently it was a really meaty one. I think Josh said, the other Josh, about seven hours he was able to put into it. So Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole last game. Yeah. It could and, also be a case where it is the full game, just uh, specifically forbade from going past no, a certain I, point. I think if I read it correctly, it wasn't actually. It literally cut mm. off at some, eventually, which is a little different than previous preview options. Yeah. But um, I know Josh was really excited for this game. Other Josh, I think you, I think our Josh is also excited for this game. Uh, yes, I'm very excited. It's kind of a funny uh, behind the scenes thing here is uh, he apparently took more than 200 screenshots of the preview and just uploaded them to our media manager all at once, oh. and then it like failed sort of because we don't normally upload 200 screenshots all at once. And so he did the, he did the thing that anyone would do, would do and tried again. Mm. And like now we have like four more than four hundred screenshots, kind of some of them broken because they didn't upload properly. When you do that many in our back end for this game, like, I think he's liking this game if he's taking all these screenshots mm. uh, for it. So that's just kind of funny seeing that. Like, what did you do uh, with our media connect, uh, manager? We also had a freelancer uh, check out uh, some games at Bit Summit with uh, things like Prisoner. And free to flee pit, uh, Alex uh, commissioned. Um, their their pen name is Double Soul, so yeah. they go check out uh, some. Yeah, some so games I, for some, he's some also games. going to be uh, at TGS with me. So cool. more to come. Yeah. So, so I read this freaked. So this game that he talked that he covered at Bit Summit was called Freaked Flea Pit. And if you're not aware, and I wasn't aware, a flea pit is like an abandoned theater. 
I guess. It's like a, okay, yeah. I think it's like uh, British slang or European oh, slang of some form. Yes. Some form. Mm, and he saw this game at Bit Summit, which is a Japanese sort of indie con- convention. But this game is not actually made by Japanese developers, I believe. I believe they're British or European in some form, um, just showcasing the game in Japan. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, but it's sort of like a adventure game, Crypt of the Necrodancer, and dating sim kind of hybrid game. It's pixel art. Uh, it's got like an anime art style, but it's it's got a kind of a unique... It's not like a... It doesn't look like generic anime. It's kind of like this sort of cartoony anime, kind of like a mix between like anime-inspired Western cartoonish sort of art to it, which I actually kind of like. It's It, it stands out. It's unique. Um, it is a dating sim, so a lot of female characters, you know, some of them are a little bit, uh, you know, just... How do I put this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of some fan servicey designs in there, which is fine. Uh, if, if I read the preview right, it sounds like the studio head is a woman. So I mean, yeah, exactly. But it's 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 that sort of cheesy game, um, uh, yeah. dating sim elements to it. Uh, you know, it seems like kind of an interesting kind of mismatch of genres that you don't see very often. It's on Steam. Doesn't have a release date, but check it out if that sounds interesting to you. It's your Kind of like Crypt of the Neck Dancer in a dilapidated movie theater dating anime girls. So, yeah, and then we also have uh, another one from Double Soul, Check uh, Out Quizineer, and you know my friend backed that up, backed that up, saying that like uh, they checked that out at Steam Fest demo and like they really enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, like a farming sim, town sim, sort of RPG, and obviously you know by the name, very food focused. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, give those a read. And then, you know, moving on to uh, the news of this week, um, the the first headline that we have here is there's a free-to-play pixel art tactical RPG, Sword of Convalaria, uh, coming later this year to mobile devices and PC. I've, I've seen this here and there, um, like, during, like, some, sort of, like, the mobile game fests, like, uh, that, uh, I think, that go out, like, in, like during China Joy or something. So I've seen it here and there, but this is kind of like the first good look at it. Our, our, um... our tweet on this kind of actually, it, it did, it tracked pretty well. It got a lot of retweets, a lot of quotes, a lot of likes. Um, I, I seem very interested in this game. The yeah. only problem I'm worried about is what is the business model? Of this yeah, game? it is free to play. It's free to play. So <laughs> it's, it kind of yeah. reminds me something like, uh, oh, what's that uh, Brave Exvius Tactics Final, Final Fantasy game? War, War of the Visions. Yeah, so it's kind of like a tactical RPG That's with cool. gotcha elements. Um, I'm actually not familiar with the developer of this game, but they have Hitoshi Sakamoto doing the soundtrack. If you're not familiar, he did uh, Valkyria Chronicles, Final Fantasy XII. Uh, his company, Base Escape, does a ton of other stuff, although they also have other composers. Uh, I think he did Odin Sphere, a lot of, lot of stuff. Sakamoto's great. Dragon Quarter, Breath of Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and what's sort of interesting is that one of the kind of marketing... Uh, angles to this game is that they interviewed uh matsuno everyone's favorite matsuno <laughs> uh about basically hey matsuno is the brains behind final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre he's you know everyone who loves tactics rpgs knows matsuno and matsuno basically was kind of praising this game they had an interview in famitsu about it about the game i don't think he's actually like contributing to the game in any sense but basically talking to the developers about the game kind of Gave it his blessing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's interesting. It's got good art style. Both the uh, both the pixel art and the character art seems pretty nice. 
but yeah, like Chow said, it is a free-to-play kind of mobile RPG. So I know that immediately will shut some people off. But it'll be interesting to see. It seems like a lot of people at least like how the game looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Princess hopefully. in this game looks like Elder Guard from Fire Emblem Free Houses. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it uh, shapes up, you know. Well, but the, the, these sorts of releases are always kind of like, we'll see, we'll see, you know. It, it, a lot of it does boil down to like how the modernization model shapes up. It's just, it, it's uh, it's always a shame and like you have like a really, really cool looking game, but it's like kind of hampered by just bad business practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have uh, Netty's Games announces an, uh, an urban open world RPG Project Mugen. This is kind of this. This seems to be like their answer to like Zenless Zone Zero from um, Hoyoverse. Yeah. So this announcement is sort of a this announcement is sort of a a pre-announcement. Uh, it seems like the full reveal is at Gamescom. I don't know if it's going to be on like the Gamescom main stage or just you know during the overall Gamescom event. But it looks it's it's um it's from Netties is the publisher the developer is Naked Rain who I think is a newly developed or a new studio from Netties, and mm-hmm. uh, it's got the cel shaded style and kind of aesthetic similar mm-hmm. to Genshin or a Zenless Zone Zero or you know Honkai Star Rail got that sort of cel shaded anime aesthetic. All yeah, we have right now are like some of these gifts that I think come from the official Discord, but they were shared. And it looks pretty They're pretty cool. lively. Yeah, yeah. Like there's the, like the gifts themselves are really cool. Like the like the, the brief combat footage the of like yo-yo this fight. Yeah. The yo-yos are one of the best RPG weapons. I yeah, there's like dual dual yo-yos that like spin up and look like windmills when they like you know, when they when they uh, um, really inspired by Bridget yeah. from Guilty Gear. <laughs> yo-yos in general yeah, is an excellent RPG weapon. I will yeah. play the yo-yo character. Anyways, this game is coming similar to Genshin. It's a PC and mobile game. With It also has a PlayStation 5 version announced. Also a cloud version, so I'm interested how that works. Oh. Uh, okay. But otherwise, other than those four GIFs and like the title, and there's a little bit of art, there's a character, there's three female characters, there's like one of them's got bunny ears, one of them's got like a leather suit, so on and so forth. But we'll get a trailer next week, I assume, for this game. Yeah, Gamescom is this week, so yep. we're expecting a lot of news. Yeah. So this week, maybe a little bit lighter on the news, but next week we probably will have quite a bit. Yeah. Um, th- there's a new uh, look at, uh, like, uh, Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. There's, like, a, a new overview trailer and developer update. Um, you know, over the, the it was presented by uh, Masatoshi Yokoyama, who's the director of uh, uh, Gotoku Studio. Um and you know, he kind of let us know. Um, I just showed a horror, obviously, of the man who erased his name, and like the gameplay elements. You know, like how the slot car racing is back, and how you know hostess clubs and so forth. But the the main new news uh, out of this was uh, that um, the the man who erased his name will have a a demo for um, like a dragon infinite wealth, which is Yakuza Eight, pretty which... much. That comes out early next year. That's not that far away. Yeah. So, so, so people who complete the game, you know, will get treated to like a special demo. They'll have seats that's not like in the actual full Infinite Wealth game. Um, and yeah, that's real. That's really exciting. Uh, like the teaser for it that they showed has like here you reuniting with Ichiban. Ichiban's like in handcuffs. He's like freaking out. 
uh, over it, and he can't. He doesn't know the person behind him, like interrogating him about like why he's he's in handcuffs. And it's here yeah. with his new K-pop style hairstyle. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm really really looking forward to both of these games. Um, they they be... also filled that pool. Oh yeah, the... I, I saw people mentioning this pool is like used in other things. Like, must be some not safe for work content. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically, well, I, also, I also saw this pool was apparently in some common uh, writer thing. I guess. Yeah, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty popular spot in Japan to like kind of joke over because like this spot with like the slanted windows, open windows with a pool. It's like it's it's used so much in Japanese adult videos, oh. like it's become kind of sort of like a running joke in Japan uh, about this locale. So that's why you see a lot of like references to it in like other media in Japan mm-hmm. because they poke fun at it because they use uh, that spot so much. Is it, so. is it sort of like the Japanese version of a black couch? Almost, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, okay. You're you're on the right track. So yeah, so they they have that spot and the man who raised the name for some of the hostess videos very silly <clears throat> um Balcom continues their east 10 nordics um marketing they have a new trailer out for east 10 nordics uh, i don't know if it like it shows off anything cool or new that you saw adam yeah it's a pretty it's actually a pretty fun trailer it shows a lot of the character so first of all let me say that Falcom usually actually doesn't release that many trailers for their games before they release them. They do a lot of like character art and screenshots and descriptions and things, but they usually just sort of stick to one trailer and maybe like a mm-hmm. live stream. Uh, and this is basically the trailer for East 10 Nordics. But yeah, it shows a lot of the things they've kind of revealed already in terms of the characters, obviously the playable Adol and Karja, a lot of the villains that they're fighting against, which are these kind of invincible and vulnerable Uyghurs. They're like fishmen, I guess. Um, it's got it's using Falcom's new engine, and it shows one scene. It's like a pretty fluid, actually, cutscene in the game with a lot of movement and cinematography and things. That's actually kind of nice. It's sort of a battle yeah, scene. Yeah, um, I think that new engine really benefits that. This gives a lot in terms of like the the action scenes and cinematography. I mean, we're saying like it's very expressive. Yeah, like I think this scene it like shows like Adol casting a fireball, and the camera sort of tracks the fireball. And then kind of flips over to Karja on the other side of the field, doing you know her own thing with her axes, fighting one of the Grieger enemies. So it's it's very dynamic. It looks pretty cool. It's got this got that East butt rock type music that we all love. Yeah. I, I say that endearingly. Um, <laughs> so it, I'm ex- I'm excited for this game. I am so ready to play it in 2026. I, I was gonna say, does the uh, <laughs> didn't Cle- um, what was it called Leopard Entertainment did like a trailer for it and it was all in English or something? Yeah, Clouded Leopard actually yeah. uh, released a uh, action like introduction video. They released it in I believe a couple of languages, but in one of them was English and basically just the, these were things we've mentioned before how they've actually been basically giving out press releases for the game in English, you know, describing the characters and the systems and here are all the English names. No guarantee they won't change for the like the the uh, Western release, but even though Clouded Leopard is releasing all this information in English, the game itself actually won't support English. That's pretty typical. But yeah. the trailer, it's yeah, they actually released a trailer maybe two weeks ago. It's more of a gameplay video that just shows, hey, here are mana actions, here are you know the ship battles and whatnot, um, and it's all with English, you know, 
descriptions and everything. So it is sort of amusing to say to see this and be like, all right, we are uh, we will actually get to play this in English in like two or three years. Man, I find that their relationship with Nisa and Cloud Leopard Entertainment is just so weird. They're well, like these two companies are like cannibal. Their sales for like PC ports and stuff. It's very. I know we talk about this all the time, but it's clearly that Clouded Leopard Entertainment gets access to the game to localize it to Asian languages while it's in development. But I know NIS America or other, you know, you know, Exeter Access, whoever else, they don't get access to the game to start localizing it until it's done. At least that's how it has been. So. Why? I don't know. They just, that's how they want to do it. Well, I hope they change that. They want to get their own Western audience. <laughs> and also, kind of, kind of a, kind of alongside that note, if you go to Steam and you search up any like recent Falcom game, East Nine, uh, Reverie, uh, Trails in the Reverie, or whatever. Sometimes the title is different, but a lot of these games actually have two Steam listings because you have the NIS America release and the Clouded Leopard release. So if you like look up East Nine, you'll find it twice. That's yeah. just how it is. It's weird. It's definitely not confusing for sure. Mm-hmm. And people definitely have not like accidentally fucking bought the wrong one. But on the flip sure. side, I know a lot of people bought like Kuro and with implanted yeah. a translation into it so they mm-hmm. could play it, the Clouded Leopard mm-hmm. version. That's how it is until things change. Mm-hmm. Um, Liza P receives a new How Many Lies trailer uh, for Gamescom 2023. You know, it's her typical oh, small, short overview trailer of Liza P before it comes out. Um, nothing really to. It doesn't really show off anything new or, you know, that we haven't seen before. I can't shake the feeling that uh, Liza P. Is being developed mm-hmm. by Round One Studio, which was the studio behind Bless Unleashed, which was like <laughs> catastrophically bad. So everything about Liza P itself seems fine. We'll see how it is when you know reviews come out. I don't know if we have anyone available to review it, but I just I remember when it was first announced. It's like, oh, the Bless Unleashed guys. Is that game even still available, or was that like removed? Like, I remember that game. Was that? MMO was it? Well, it, yeah. it was very weird. There's Bless the MMO, and then Bless Unleashed was sort of like a different version of the MMO. Uh, I guess Bless Unleashed is still available, but it's got a different publisher now. It's very strange. Oh Jesus! Neoways or something. Um, there's like no, a mobile it was version. Neoways. Right? When I go to Steam now, it's Valloth. <laughs> I don't have no idea who that is. Yeah, I've all been all over the place. Yeah, the Bless, the Bless games are very strange. I, I remember they did something. I remember the game was sort of successful, and they did something weird with the monetization, and then everyone just started hating it. Yeah. Something like that. At least that's what I remembered. So yeah, Liza P, September 19th. So There's nothing really else to say about it, really. It's uh, coming soon. Um, we also got a new trailer and screenshots for Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, Adventure of Die. Showing off, uh, you know, some of the villains in here. And once again, it's kind of like, you know, kind of people who followed the uh, Dragon Quest die are familiar with these, you know, baddies. Um, and it's cool to see them, you know, rendered in the game engine 
but you know they, they haven't really there's not really more else to say about this yeah. game right it's yeah they up. they last month they introduced the main characters which are die mom pop and uncle and then this month they introduced some of the villains no mm-hmm. yeah like i said earlier i don't it's hard to get a read on this game I don't September twenty eighth. I have no idea if this game's gonna be any good. Yeah, I, I think I'm slated to review it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> um, tactical RPG Zoria: Age of Shattering gets new gameplay tra- trailer and a demo coming on August twenty fifth. So a few days uh, from now. So there's the, a CRPG. Am I correct? Yeah, it's like a tactical RPG, yeah. CRPG sort of game. Like Baldur's Gate, only much, 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 much smaller. And uh, this one's actually sort of weird in that they actually originally announced it was coming to Early Access like last April. And then shortly after oh. they announced that it was coming to Early Access, they were like, actually, no, we don't need Early Access. We're just going to wait and we'll release it in full later. And so now they're basically saying they still, don't have, they still haven't given it a date, but it's coming out this year. And there's like, okay, we're going to have a demo instead. So they have a new trailer with the demo. So if you're, so if the, you're, demo, if you're the demo is early access. Yeah, I guess. Um, so I'm sure they'll take feedback from the demo on yeah. know, where they can. But yeah, if you're big into tactical RPGs and you like indie stuff, you know, we're checking out. We like to cover the indie stuff too. Yeah. Um, a new version for Honkai Star Rail is coming. One point three. It adds. Oh boy, I'm gonna fucking butcher. Don Hung and uh, the, with the imbibitor Lunier. What is this, Chow? What is Dan Hung imbibitor Lunier? And then Fushuan and Lynx, I think is how you say it. So I don't know what the fuck I just read, Chow. <laughs> okay, uh, so so in the storyline, there's a wanted criminal named Blade who's part of the Stellion Hunters, and he, he encounters Dan, Dan Hung. And basically stabs him and looks like he kills him for a second. And he's like, oh, it's like, I know that's not your true form. And then he comes out as Lune that you see in there, the Impeditor Lune. I don't know what they say in English because I don't play it dubbed. So I can't tell you what exactly they said there because the dubs usually use a lot different wording. Well, the the, the English press release calls it Impeditor Lune. I don't know what that means. So so okay so it, it, this Imbibitor Lune is like the Don Hung's true form. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then so yeah, obviously this this character is actually like super broken, but it is very SP hungry. He's gonna be very hard to use, but I think he's actually a very broken character. People are saving for a DPS. Uh the other character is Bushan, who's a preservation character. Preservation classes are like the tank class of this game. Uh, I've been actually saving for this character because she's voiced by Mik- uh, Miku Ito. That's uh, Kokoro from Princess Connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a lot of voices. Uh, you know, she's Anya's from <laughs> Kuro no Kiseki as well. Like, she's She's, uh, I'm rolling for for the voice actress. I'm just doing it for that reason. I have skipped Kafka to save for her. So, that's uh, Fushan. She's uh, Kafka? How dare you? Is, yeah. is this another five-star character? Yeah, she's a five-star character. She's the next character that's going to come out. And I, I don't think she might be good because she's a preservation character. I'm just really because of the voice actress. Well, uh, and the lore is that she, she basically can see the future. And she basically follows the route in the future. And 
like a lot of times it's like in the storyline she seems kind of childish because it's like oh yeah I could see the future nothing can go wrong and then things do go horribly wrong it's like oh wait it's like could it be not correct I thought I saw this you know it's like yeah but anyway Sir Kimber looks really cool like, if you see her ultimate it's like that, that's a very cool looking attack but uh yeah I'm saving for I'm saving to get her and then if I do not get her then I am skipping this version and get Jing Jing Lu which is which is this character that the uh, what's it Jing Yuan bought in a trailer which is his master and she looks very cool and the game's kind of like hinting that she's been playable for a long time and yeah cuz even if you miss out these characters, there's also Topaz, which their official spoiler hinted that Topaz is also coming. Topaz is this character that you see in a light cone, and she looks like uh, Chisato from Liquor... What, what do you call that show? Liquor's Recoil? Yes, she looks like Chisato from, from that show. What? That's <laughs> and cool. She's, and she's obsessed with money, she's there to collect debts, and, and she has a, a pig that tracks money down. And... That character is what I, what I would kind of hope to get if I miss out on these characters. It seems this game has nothing but awesome characters to roll on. It never miss a beat. Best of luck, Chow. Damn. Our, our uh, hopes and dreams are with you. I think. Maybe. I have to admit, when I cover the news for these updates, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I just basically post the trailer and paste the press release from Hoyovers. Like they know what they're talking about. Here's what they say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know anything. About, I don't know what these words mean. I, I think the sad thing is, like, when it comes to Honkai Star Rail and Genshin, is that there are so many, like, quality of life improvements that, that made it to Honkai that still hasn't arrived in Genshin. It just feels kind of sad. This next version, they're going to expand, like, how much energy you can store at, at a day. And you're like, damn, why is Genshin still stuck in this limbo? And then, you know, it's like, even, like, the rolling system here is so much better. And you're like, it's like, man... It's like, is, is Genshin just a guinea pig for these guys? <laughs> but, I don't know. Like, But, yeah. I, I wish I wish the, a lot of the quality of life from this game actually made it. Not, this, not like the lighting and stuff. I want I want the actual thing that make your overall experience better, you know? Like, well, that's my take on it. Alright. Um... Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga is uh, getting DLC, the Legends DLC. It's launching on August 28th. That is... Yeah, so this game is like the... Uh, it's a mix between like Ogre Battle and Fire Emblem. Scott reviewed it last year. thought it was pretty good. It's got really good reviews on Steam, actually. I think it sort of hit a spot in the tactical space that a lot of people haven't, and that's that Ogre Battle style. Oh. Um so this is like this is this is a I think this is a ten dollar DLC. It includes like new maps and new modes, kind of like an, yeah, an additional like story. It, yeah, it's like eight new chapters alongside a new game plus and the super final boss mode. Ooh, super final boss. So I think that's cool. You know, a game that came yeah. out last year did well. People liked it for the most part. Getting a little content update. I think that's nice. Yeah, seems to have uh, done itself very well. Uh, lastly, we have uh, Everhood Eternity Edition coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One on September 28th. And it's coming from uh, publisher foreign, uh, uh, publisher uh, Blitworks. 
and developer of foreign game, uh, foreign gnomes. Foreign gnomes. I have not played yeah. this game. I actually honestly haven't seen much about it. Uh, it came to PC and Switch two years ago. As far as I understand, it's got like an Undertale-like aesthetic, but it's more like a music rhythm RPG. It seems to have people have liked it. Um, it came to those platforms, and now it's coming to basically PlayStation and Xbox. So for people who don't play on Switch or PC, this indie game basically is now going to be available for all platforms. Mm. There is a I, I, there is a very small controversy with this release, though, in that I guess the uh, the Switch and PC versions have some sort of like create music or create battle mode of some form. I apologize if you get the details wrong. These versions do not have that have that mode, but they mm. have like new music. And like new optional battles that you can do that aren't in the other versions, and as far as I can tell, are not coming to those versions. So there's sort of like a, a version disparity in terms of some content, which I saw when I was covering this news. There's a little bit of a complaint about, which fair enough. Sounds yeah. like it was. Sounds like um, it has to do with the publisher. It has to do with the fact that they couldn't do the create music mode, so they had to do something else. So. Just you can read up on it on you if you want. Yeah. I, I probably don't yeah. have all the details fully, but there is some there there are some exclusive songs and battles in the in these new ports. All right, yeah, seems a little messy. Hopefully, you know things will work out. But yeah, that's uh, if people are looking forward to that, that'll be August. I mean, uh, September twenty eighth, the end of uh, next month. And um, yeah, that's the games and news for this week. Yep. Uh, next week will be Gamescom. I, I, yeah, Gamescom. A lot of uh, new stuff coming out. Um, there'll be Armored Core coming out as well. So I imagine we'll talk about a little bit of that as well. Uh, and yeah. Uh, so Tuesday is the uh, the Gamescom like event, the Jeff Keighley event. And then there's you know actual Gamescom after that, yeah. which we'll get a lot more stuff. He's teased these games. Was, apparently, the Gamescom they call it's called Gamescom Opening Night Live is the the theater event. Uh, apparently, it's not gonna. He said it's not gonna have as many like brand new announcements, but sort of updates on stuff that is already announced. Uh, so far, he's said there's gonna be. I'll just I'll just read off the list here. This is from Jeff Keighley, and these aren't all RPGs, of course. Alan Wake Two, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Black Myth Wukong. That's the like Chinese Journey to the West, Souls-like, maybe. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 remake. Crimson Desert. That's the Pearl Abyss. That one's strange. It's an MMO. Yeah. It's an MMO action-adventure game. They some, for some put reason, MMO anymore. they yeah, refuse to call it an RPG, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and they also, I think they refuse to call it an MMO, too. They do, like, persistent online. It's, they, yeah. I, I don't know if there's some... Persistent online? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if there's some, like... They're they're trying to get they're they're trying to avoid like stereotypes or like any sort of stigmation from some name or how they label themselves. I don't know. They call it like an online action game. Anyways, we'll see. Crimson Desert, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Phantom Liberty expansion, Lords of the Fallen, Sonic Superstars, mm-hmm. which is like the classic Sonic game, but now now with multiplayer. And Zenless Zone Zero from Hoyoverse, as well as Mortal Kombat 1, which is like the Mortal Kombat reboot. So yeah, and I'm sure there'll be more too, but that's what he's listed out so far. So for us, as an RPG website, Black Myth, Wukong, Crimson Desert, Cyberpunk, Lords of the Fallen, Zenless Zone Zero, 
those are the things that we care about as our genre site. But we'll see what else they show. Yeah, I, I hope Black Black Myth lives up to the hype because that trailer is very hype in the first showing. Yeah. but it kind of left unrealistic expectations for this game. So, well, I don't know. And I guess that that like this is gonna be like about what, two hours long. This opening night live thing. <laughs> It'll be too long, no matter how long it is. It's always too long. That's true. That's actually true. Well, until then, you can find us over at rpgsite.net. That's our main site. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm going to keep on calling it Twitter until the heat death of the universe. Uh, you can follow us there at RPG site. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RPG site net. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash RPG site net. You can uh, find us on your favorite podcast app. This would be Tetra, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get podcasts. You can join our uh, Discord server at discord.com slash invite slash RPG site. Um, and yeah, it's always, always popping it there. And uh, until then, um, nothing else to say about this week. Um, everyone stay safe. Take care. I'll uh, definitely uh, try to get better more and more until Pax West. And yeah, uh, thank you for joining me, Adam. Thank you for joining me, James. Thank you for joining me, Chow, on this week's edition of the TetraCast. Until then, peace out.